This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Spears and Ali here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4. Streaming live on ESPNTucson.com and the ESPN Tucson mobile app. And you can always get the Spears and Ali podcast, which you could subscribe, rate, and comment on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Justin Spears here with the man, Ali Farhang. What's up, buddy? Ali, good morning to you. Good morning to you as well. How you doing? Good. It's the last show in Tucson before we take our talents to Las Vegas. Excited? I'm very pumped. We've never done a road show before. I mean, not out of the city of Tucson. Yeah. And not only are we going out of the city, we're going out of the whole damn state, going to Las Vegas. And Ali and I will be there for Pac-12 tournament. It's exciting. It's March. It's postseason play. And uh, we're going to be on the road in Las Vegas. It's going to be great. So yeah, High-quality uh, collegiate basketball, Spears and Ali, and Las Vegas and everything that that brings. What could go wrong? How are we going to survive? <laughs> how, how are we going to make it through the weekend? I don't know how we're coming back. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you might want to keep tabs on us. <laughs> uh, I'll do my best. Uh, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Whether you want to talk college basketball, whether you want to talk NFL, whatever it is that's on your mind, 719-1490 is the phone number. Call in. We'd love to hear from you. Our uh, guest lineup for today, uh, we have a very special guest at 725, uh, Bea Razul. He is a new cornerbacks coach at Illinois. He formerly was a senior uh, at, at Illinois State. He's a, a used to coach or was a senior defensive analyst for the Arizona Wildcats football team over the last couple of seasons, uh, was right under Dwayne Walker, learned a lot from him. And I'm, I'm very excited for Bayer Rizul to get his opportunity at Illinois State. Used to be a defensive backs coach at Pima College as well. Uh, used to coach at Missouri. So he's got some great coaching experience. But now he's going to be a full-time position coach at the Division One level, and I'm very excited for him. As, as much as I'm sorry to see him go, because he's a great guy, and I think he brings a lot to our program, uh, I'm, I'm really happy for him uh, basically getting a uh, what's essentially is a promotion and, uh, you know, furthering his coaching career. And, man, you know, coaching is one of those things, especially at the collegiate level, where I think the grass looks greener than it is. Because, I mean, think about how many moves coaches have to make to get to – ultimately the destination they want which is a head coaching position even if they get there yeah so uh interested to hear about his journey and uh and and and, and get some and talk to him about uh, the exciting opportunity where's illinois state where exactly in illinois is yeah. it i don't know uh that's a good that's a good question i think we should uh i wonder if we had any kind of device whether it's on our phone or in the computer that could help us with that all right, let's As, see. Let's uh, see. Where, is it the red? They're the Redbirds, and they're in Normal, Illinois. Normal. All right. Normal. <laughs> that's a city. Normal. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> Welcome to Normal, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the official home of Illinois State. Well, All right. Anyway, good for Bea. I'm, I'm excited for Bea. And then, uh, so we're, we're going to have him on the show at 7:25, and then uh, we'll also get into Lamar Jackson receiving the non-exclusive franchise tag. Now he's available to. Talk to some teams, so now we're really going to see what the market is like for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and look, and, if you've been a franchise that has been downtrodden and haven't had a franchise quarterback for a number of years, 
if you sign him to a contract that the Ravens don't match, you only have to give up two first-round picks. That's pretty cheap yeah. for what many consider a franchise quarterback in, in Lamar Jackson. And I think he is, too. The, the, the rub with Lamar Jackson is that he is so um, – he runs so much that that's not sustainable in the NFL. There's, you, you will get hurt, and he's been hurt the last couple of years. Uh, so I, you're, you're, you're going to be gambling, but, man, if you've just been uh, kind of wallowing in the shallow end and, and really not been part of uh, any kind of success in the NFL for, for quite a few years, Daniel Snyder, Washington Seawards, um, it, it, two round, first-round picks is not a lot to give up for that. And yeah. Daniel Snyder, I think, is going to uh, walk out of owning that team with two middle fingers in the air because – I can see him being like, because he's being forced to sell his team. He is a very small, and when I say small, small in stature and small-minded, petty man. Yeah. So I can see him basically saying, hey, you know what? Uh, Deshaun Watson got uh, $230 million fully guaranteed. I thought it was like 254 yeah, You, you might be right. Yeah. I'm going to give you $300 million fully guaranteed. And now the rest of the NFL, on my way out the door, is going to have to deal with that contract with their quarterbacks. Yeah. But it could actually backfire on Daniel Snyder because think about the number of things you could do with Eric Bieniemy and Lamar Jackson together. It could be a, a really good match. No, no. So, from a football standpoint, yeah. From a contractual standpoint, it would piss off every owner in the NFL. Because you're setting a new bar exactly. for quarterbacks. Exactly. And so when... Like, like who who would ask for an absurd amount of money? Because, like, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, those guys are worthy of that kind of money. But Joe Burrow. Right? They're, they're, they're top-tier quarterbacks. But he's still on his rookie deal. That's what I'm saying. Right? So, you know, the guys that are the younger quarterbacks that are still on their rookie deal or looking for a second deal, yeah. every agent that's worth their salt is going to be like, uh, okay, Lamar Jackson's good. My client, Joe Burrow, is way better. He got $300 million fully guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, I want 350. Non-exclusive franchise tag for Lamar Jackson, and I I still think that even if he comes back as a Raven, that relationship's kind of sour, no? Like if you're Lamar Jackson, you're thinking, man, what I've done for this franchise over the last four years. You know, he's 45 and 16 as a starter. I know. Like a lot of teams would take 16 losses over the course of what three, four seasons. 16 losses from your starting quarterback. So I think Lamar Jackson should get paid. But man, it's I, I think the whole Deshaun Watson situation in Cleveland, it really screwed up it screwed it up for him. It, it, it changed did. the market completely. And, and he's negotiating on his own with his like mom. No agent. No yeah. agent. So you know, sometimes you have communications with the organization, and uh, you know there are things that could be said that could hurt your feelings as to why you're not entitled to as much money as you think you are. Usually, there's a buffer there for the agent with the ownership. Lamar Jackson is hearing it to his face. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I could see that the, the relationship might be souring. Yeah. We'll talk more about Lamar Jackson, also Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady shuts down all rumors of him coming back. Yeah. There are rumors out there that, oh, could the Miami Dolphins maybe get uh, Tom Brady? Could maybe the San Francisco 49ers? And Tom Brady went on Twitter and said, no way, that ain't happening. But we'll, t we'll talk about that later on. Um, also joining us later on in the show – uh, Pima women's basketball head coach, Todd Holtas. The best. Longtime supporter of Spears and Ali. Love that guy. And Pima's got a big-time playoff game tonight. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. And then uh, that's coming up at 8.10. At 8.40, Henry Breen, he's uh, my colleague at the Arizona Daily Star. He, he recently wrote a story in the Arizona Daily Star on Live Golf coming to Tucson and the whole 
cactus controversy at Dove Mountain. That's uh, definitely causing a lot of controversy. Yeah, but I mean, there's two there's two rules in Tucson. Uh, you don't cut down saguaro cacti, and you don't uh, mess with a homeowners association around the University of Arizona. Those are <laughs> two good rules to live by. <laughs> we talk about the Sam Hughes area. Oh or... my goodness, man, these people are nuts. <laughs> All right, let's get right into top three headlines heading into today. Professor Rocky. One. Crotch. One. <laughs> All right, Pac-12 awards were announced yesterday, and Jaime Jaquez was named Pac-12 Player of the Year. Azulis Tubelis led the conference in points and rebounding. But I understand why Jaime Jaquez was named Pac-12 Player of the Year. Um, but I also understand why Arizona fans felt like Azulis Tubelis was snubbed because you have to look at the entire course of the season. And from start to finish, Azulis Tubelis was the best player in the Pac-12. Yes, he fell off for a few weeks, but he still finished leading the conference in points and rebounding. The last person to do that was Leon Poe at Cal in 2005-2006. The guy before that, Ike Diagu at ASU the year before that. But you look at guys to lead the conference in points and rebounding, and Ali, it's such an impressive group. We're talking about A.C. Green at Oregon State. We're talking about Bill Walton, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Only a handful of guys have led the Pac-12 in points and rebounding. Azuz Tubelis joins that class. However, Jaime Jaquez is the best player on the best team. Jaime Jaquez, at really the last month and a half to two months, really turned it up and put pressure on Pac-12 Player of the Year award. And Jaime Jaquez is, a say can I say, a better defender than Azulis Tubelis? Because Azulis Tubelis was getting subbed in and out against ASU One because of, of his defensive liability. One game. But he... Azulis Tubelis even said that I kind of took that night off. Yeah. Um, I didn't really take my matchup seriously. We've seen Azulis Tubelis play some solid defense, but in that stretch, those few weeks, he got into foul trouble, struggled defensively, and I think that really hurt his case for Pac-12 Player of the Year. So I get why Jaime Jaquez was named Conference Player of the Year, but my goodness, Azulis Tubelis leading the conference in points and rebounds? That's nothing to, to, to snark at, you know? No, I mean, uh, Azulis Tubelis is the best player in the Pac-12, but winning matters. And UCLA won the regular season title, and they were neck and neck, and Jaime Jaquez uh, deserved to win it. I mean, he was very deserving. That being said, this couldn't go better for Arizona fans. If you want Arizona to win in the tournament, in the Pac-12 tournament, Azulis Tubelis has got a huge chip on his shoulder now. And if you saw his reaction yesterday when they uh, asked him about you know, Jaime Jaquez winning winning the award. The things going through his mind were were not loud, but very audible. If that makes sense. He's well, because he's a a man of few words. Yeah. And but the look on his face was like, okay, I'm going to show them. I'll show them who's the best player in the yeah. Pac-12. So the, it couldn't have gone better for Arizona. Well, it's just like uh, Michael Jordan in the late '90s with Carl uh, Malone and the Jazz when he won MVP. Carl Malone was like, okay. Fine, you can you can have MVP. That's fine. I want this. I want the championship. Azulis Tabella's got to have Carl that kind Malone of mindset. Said, Carl Malone got no, the award. M- yeah, Carl Malone got MVP. Yeah. Michael Jordan was like, okay, fine. Yeah. You got MVP. That, that's cool. Yeah, dude. I want this. Yeah, for a guy that can make up uh, controversy or things that people have uh, slighted him to actually slight Michael Jordan, <laughs> that was the easiest bet of all time. Who's gonna win the championship? Dude, good shot, Mike. Yeah. Or yeah. or a great game, Mike. Yeah. You know, the other thing is Arizona had the player that led it the conference in points, rebounds, and assists. 
Kirk Creasa. And I think the biggest snub is that Kirk Creasa didn't make any of the first team, second team, or honorable mention. Yeah. That, that to me, was a bigger surprise than Azulis Tabellas not winning Pac-12 Player of the Year. Well, so the, the first team all Pac-12, Umar Balo, Azulis Tabellas make it. And, by the way, tip of the cap to Azulis Tabellas becoming the first player from Arizona to be named to the all Pac-12 first team in back-to-back seasons since Derek Williams. He did oh. his freshman and sophomore year. Uh, the last other guys to do it, Channing Fry, Jason Gardner, uh, Sean Elliott, and Pete Williams. Wow. Yeah, so Azul Stabell is joining a pretty elite class, so a shout-out to him. But him, Umar Balo, they make the, uh, the All-Pac-12 first team. Umar Balo was named uh, Most Improved Player. But, yeah, you look at the second team, uh, you got Keon Brooks, Desmond Cambridge, Jalen Clark, Spencer Jones from Stanford, KJ Simpson. Honorable mention, Courtney Ramey, but no Kirk Creaser. Leads the Pac-12 assists and didn't get even an honorable mention. And this is voted by the head coaches. And I was thinking about this with Bruce Pascoe yesterday when we were recording our podcast. Do you think that Kirk Creaser, his personality – Yes affects these 100%. kind of things because because the coaches vote for this 100 so when you're playing against kirk creesa you're like i freaking hate that guy but when he's on your side like tommy lloyd says all the time i would go to war with kirk creesa that is my guy that is my point guard so i'm wondering if kirk creesa's personality has any effect on these kind of awards absolutely and and again another guy who plays really well with a chip on his shoulder yeah so the Pac-12 awards could not have gone any better if you're a fan of Arizona and you want them to succeed in the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. Uh, what do you think of Mick Cronin getting Coach of the Year? Again. Justified? To the winners go the spoils, buddy. Yeah. They, 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 they did well this year. I mean, I think I still think Arizona's a better team. They have better wins on the resume than UCLA. And I'm looking forward to hopefully a rubber match in the Pac-12 title game on Saturday. Because I always thought that Coach of the Year – should go to the the coach that didn't have the highest expectations. Like UCLA, they were the highest-ranked Pac-12 team going into the season. We all expected big things from them. Like, are we shocked that UCLA is one of the top teams in college basketball? No, they're led by a bunch of seniors, and they have star freshmen in Amari Bailey and a Dembona. So if I were to choose Pac-12 Coach of the Year, honestly, man, I would have went with a guy like Bobby Hurley. Because look at what they were projected to do at the start of the season. We're talking about like bottom half of the Pac-12. And now we're talking about them possibly going to the NCAA tournament. I would have I would have given Bobby Hurley a nod. Well, that's just my opinion. I just because your team did well and was expected to do well doesn't mean that you didn't do a really great coaching job. But I mean, Bobby Hurley? Yeah. Tommy Lloyd lost three players to the NBA, brought in a 17-year-old freshman, and that's pretty much and, and two transfer guys, and it's 25 and 6. And, and finished second in the Pac-12. Bobby Hurley, are you kidding me? Yeah, Tommy, I would have totally picked. Tommy Lloyd is, is standing above him, and Bobby Hurley is an ant at his feet. Bobby Hurley didn't didn't coach nearly as well as Tommy Lloyd. If anybody should have gotten the award other than Mick Cronin, it was Tommy Lloyd. And I'm not being a homer. That's fact, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I see your point. Yeah. Absolutely. But, man, Bobby Hurley did a great job this year. Just saying. I, I'm willing to respect his game. I'm not. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, also, other uh, Pac-12 awards, the all-freshman team, Amari Bailey, Adem Bona from UCLA make it, Keon Menefield from Washington make it, Jordan Pope from Oregon State, and Trey White. Kylan Boswell gets honorable mention. And if Kylan Boswell was available early on in the season, as much as he is now, he would have easily made the all 
Pac-12 freshman team. I can't but, believe he didn't. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, I'm surprised Umar Balo didn't make the all-defensive team. He just... Uh, but I, I'm very happy for a guy like Umar, though, because most improved player, I mean, he went from, like, think about the start of his Arizona career. He went from, man, I don't know if this guy's going to make it. Remember when he was just gassed getting up the court and just struggled early last year? And then Azulus Tubelis gets that injury. Umar starts to get his minutes ramped up, thrives, slowly progresses goes into this year, takes on the starting role, and goes from a guy who's you know putting up six points off the bench to nearly 14 points per game and eight rebounds. Um, his his progress has been amazing. And I think uh, for Tommy Lloyd and his coaching staff, you can use the last two seasons as a huge recruiting tool for big men. Last year, Christian Coloco got most improved player in the Pac-12. This year, it's Umar Balo. Arizona's two starting centers were named most improved player. You take that, you go to any big man in the country coming out of high school or the transfer portal and say, look what we did with these guys. You can yeah. come to Arizona, we can turn you to elite big man. Well, it, with an offseason in the weight room and uh, you know putting the work in, that the, we could have it three in a row. Yeah. Henry Vesar has got a bunch of talent, and uh, just it's untapped right now. Absolutely. How about uh, Liam Lloyd, by the way, in the NAU Lumberjacks? God, they're one game from going to the title game. Wouldn't that be something? Tommy and his kid playing in the March Madness. Yeah, but they cannot pit Arizona versus NAU. <laughs> that would and be the 14th three matchup. Total BS. <laughs> yeah. Total That'd BS. That'd be so great. They're going to be a 16th seed if they get in, but they still got to win one more. Man, it's, they avoided it at the start of the season. They were supposed to open up against NAU, and then they changed it. And then has there been comes a team back around. that's had more buzzer beaters this season than NAU? They have like six this year. That's crazy. Insane. All right, we'll talk more Arizona basketball at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Let's go to headline number two. 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 How about Arizona baseball getting a big win last night over GCU? Uh, Mason White, the freshman from South Point Catholic, hit his first career home run uh, with the Arizona Wildcats. And the Wildcats holding off GCU 12-10. to Don't look now, Ali, but uh, as Arizona gets ready for Pac-12 play, they've now won six in a row. I mean, they lost the series to uh, West Virginia at the, their first home series, but they lost or they won the, the last game 15-5, to and ever since then they've been on an absolute tear, albeit they did play against North Dakota State and Cal Baptist. But big win over GCU, and now they got Cal coming up next. So Arizona's yeah. rolling. Chase Davis hit two home runs last night. Chase Davis is legit, man. Uh, if you haven't seen him play, this is the last year he's going to be at Arizona. So get out to High Corbett and check him out because he's a Major League Baseball player. Yeah. Uh, from my, 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 my observations from Arizona baseball this early on is, man, their lineup is, you know, it's not the Bronx Bombers, but they're, they're really good. Mm-hmm. The pitching is going to be what's going to determine how far this team goes this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. If they can get the pitching down – uh, this is a really good baseball team. Yeah, it can be given given up ten runs to GCU. Well, GCU is a pretty good baseball team. They're good. They're they got okay. a good program. Yeah. I mean, they made didn't they? Didn't they? they was that Stankowicz? Yeah, yeah. They're 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 a good program. So, uh, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't dismiss GCU. That's a good win. Okay. Also, uh, big shout out to Arizona softball freshman Olivia DiNardo. She was named Pac-12 Freshman of the Week and Player of the Week. Uh, she's hitting 510 this year. And this past weekend, she had an 857 batting average, had 12 hits, five doubles, and five walks in six games last week. So, solid performance. 857 batting average over six games. Huh. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn That's pretty good, good if you ask me. Uh, in the words of Larry David, 
pretty 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 good. <laughs> uh, by the way, we have a uh, head coach Caitlin Lowe joining the show next week. Awesome. Very excited to have her awesome. on. Me too. Um, all right, let's go to headline number three. 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 I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Ali. I kind of got a, emotional last night for uh, watching. <laughs> <laughs> watching Pau Gasol's jersey retirement. I know that was awesome. That, that was amazing. Right next to Kobe Bryant, that was a, that was a special moment, man. But uh, ESPN Tucson, we're your home for the Phoenix Suns this season, and Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns are rolling right now. I mean, Devin Booker was just named Western Conference Player of the Week after putting up 37 points over three games. KD and Devin Booker together, they put up the fourth most points by a duo in their first three games together. Uh, the other three duos all included Wilt Chamberlain and some random guy. Yeah, and Sonny um, and Sharon, Captain and Tennille. Yeah, yeah. It was like you all have the, no idea who those are. That's okay. No, that's okay. But all the names. I got you, babe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Phoenix Suns are back so to disappointing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I disappoint you guys. Like we have a quota. Like how many times do I disappoint Andrew and Ali on Spears and Ali? We set it at two and a half. It's just if we make any reference to music, regardless of the genre. <laughs> Except or, for rap. Or any pop culture reference that has never been uh, utilized on Family Guy. Justin has no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. Uh, but Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight. They're At taking home, right? on. Yeah. First home game with Kevin Durant. Yep. Oklahoma man. City. Oh, man. They're playing his former team. Yeah. The team that drafted I'm him. I'm going to bet heavily on the Suns tonight. Yeah. The footprint center is going to go off. Yeah. Expect the Suns to win big. Uh, tip off for that game is set for 7 p.m. And you can listen to it right here on ESPN Tucson. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, Bea Razul, new cornerbacks coach at Illinois State, former Arizona Wildcats assistant. He joins it, joins the show. But before we go to commercial break, just want to remind everyone that Spears and Ali, presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union, better than a bank, better than your bank, and also the amazing Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. All right, Bea Razul joining us next. Stay tuned. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Spears and Ali podcast located wherever you listen to podcasts. We're live on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and of course streaming on ESPNTucson.com and the ESPN Tucson mobile app. Got a very special guest joining us. Bea Razul, former Arizona analyst, now the newest cornerbacks coach at Illinois State, joining Spears and Ali here on ESPN Radio. Bea, good morning. Congratulations on your new job. How's it going, my friend? Hey, good morning, man. It's going great. Um, not as cold as I thought. Even had a little <laughs> sunshine yesterday, so we're rolling. <laughs> what What can you tell us about the, the city of normal Illinois? How's that? Yeah, so it's a, uh, you know, small college town. It's connected to Bloomington, Illinois. So a lot of people refer to it as Bloomington Normal. Um, <laughs> it actually has a city vibe to it, believe it or not. It, okay. it has everything you need. It's got all the shopping, the malls, you know, all the restaurants. Um, somebody said here it's one of the, the most uh, most common places or, or one of the most, uh, how do they say it, um, when people eat out the most, you know, one of the one of the cities where people eat out the most. Okay. I guess in the okay. country. Oh, so the, it's a foodie city. So, Sounds like my kind of town. Man. It's a foodie guess, city. You yep. know, Spears is coming to yep. see you now, right, Bea? <laughs> That's right. You said the magic <laughs> words, food. Yeah, I'll, I'll be visiting, man. I guess. 
Uh, I got his attention. <laughs> but, Bea, uh, you know, you, you take this job at Illinois State after spending the last few seasons coaching with the Arizona Wildcats. How did this opportunity come about, and, and what are you hoping to gain from this experience? Yeah, it was out the blue. Um, a buddy of mine that coaches at Murray State um, is friends with the staff here. Um, this staff, they lost their corners coach and um, to another opportunity. And, you know, he asked me if I'd be interested in interviewing and – you know, the thing that's, that's so great about Coach Fish is he's always, you know, he's for guys getting opportunities that better themselves. Yeah. You know, obviously with me, I wanted to get on the field and be a position coach. Um, he was all for it. Coach Nansen was all for it. Um, and then when I interviewed, it just, I think we just clicked well, myself and the staff. Um, and that's just kind of how it came about. I didn't know anybody personally. Um, just a good interview experience on both sides. And I think the experience of being a position coach and taking that next step, um, learning another way of doing things and familiarizing myself a little bit more with the Midwest um, to kind of combine with my time at Mizzou. You know, speaking of Coach Fish, uh, Bea, uh, you know, in two years ago, we were one for our last 25. I think what he's done to turn this program around and bring hope to Arizona football has been nothing short of miraculous. As you reflect back on your time at Arizona, what is it about Coach Fish or this coaching staff that's changed the culture entirely and actually brought some inspiration to uh, of success in the future? Yeah, I think I, I totally agree, first of all. It is nothing short of miraculous. You know, being born and raised in Tucson, I've seen it, you know, from the Dick Tomey days all the way to, to present day. And um, I think one thing about Coach Fish that, I think people know, but maybe they don't know to what extent, is he really is a relentless worker. He's, he's tireless. He's absolutely tireless. He's 24-7. Um, and I think what, what you realize about him, being able to be around him every day and me being able to learn from him, and, um, is he, he, has, he has an unwavering belief mm-hmm. in himself and the people that he's around and the players. Um, that first year, he used to always say, we have to have this blind faith. He would always say that, have a blind faith. Um, he, is, he is every day optimistic, you know, and I think he gets that with a lot of those guys that he's been around. You know, you talk about Pete Carroll, something good's right around the corner, right? Something good's right about to happen. And he believes that, and it just it doesn't go away. Um, and I think it's important to reflect on Coach Fish's story, you know, how he has constantly beat the odds. He's constantly... Um, overcame obstacles to get where he wants to get to. And he's kind of instilled that in that program and, and brought like an amazing life to it, right? He's injected life into mm-hmm. the to the program and, and our community. Bayer Razul joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. So, Bay, you mentioned that you grew up in Tucson. For those who are unfamiliar with your background, uh, where did you go to school? What part of town did you grow up on? And what can you tell us about your coaching journey up until this point? Man, you know, you got to start with uh, Telly Elementary School. You know, you can even go back to the Montessori, you know, downtown when I was ripping and running. Then you got Alice Bell Middle School, the Falcons. Then you got the Rincon Rangers, Ranger Pride. Um, so that was that was all in Tucson. And, um, I, you know, I grew up playing sports. I grew up uh, mostly over there on First and Prince around the corner from Amphi. And then uh, from eighth grade on, um, Park and 36, kind of close to the Public Gardens neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
and that's where I would catch the bus to go to school every day. Uh, so that's a little bit about my background, that I played football at Eastern Arizona. Started playing football later in high school. Matt Johnson, who's now the head coach at uh, Miranda Mountain View, was my high school head coach. You know, he came out to Rincon and, and looking to rebuild that program. And so he was like, man, I know there's athletes at Rincon. There's a lot of kids here. We were a 5A school. You know, right in the middle of, of the city, there's got to be some, some athletes here. So he came to the basketball gym and uh, recruited um, his butt off to try to get some of us to come out for football. And I was just one of the guys that took a leap of faith. You know, he, you know, Coach Johnson is so such a big part of my life still to this day. And he said, man, you're a nice six-foot power forward that can't shoot, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a, uh, but as a corner, you got some great size. And, and physical ability, and it just it made sense to switch uh, or to add football, and then it just ended up working out. And then you become a defensive backs coach at Pima College. You're also an assistant at Missouri, and then you uh, were a, a senior defensive analyst for the University of Arizona over the last few seasons, and you were under Dwayne Walker. I mean, that guy has just so many years of experience coaching in college and in the NFL. What do you take away from coaching with a guy like Dwayne Walker? Yeah, probably, you know, a, a ton of knowledge, a ton of wisdom. You know, a guy that's been around the game, has been a head coach, has been a defensive coordinator, been in the NFL, been in college, really seen it all, done it all, you know. Um, so I I learned a tremendous amount from him really on the daily because he prides himself on teaching and sharing his experiences with others. Um, so he was huge. He was huge. And then really that whole staff that Coach Fish has put together, I mean, there's guys – on there that are family members, I feel like, for life. But, you know, with, with Johnny Nansen and his incredible experience in college football in the Pac-12 and, you know, everybody on that staff is just, you know, it's really amazing. And being around Dwayne Aquino these last few weeks, yeah, um, you know, Chuck Cecil, it's, it's really been incredible. And it was, it, was a, it was a very significant time in my life. I, I'm already reflecting on it, right? It's already, it's already yesterday, in a sense. Um, it was it was life changing. Absolutely. You know, Bea, <clears throat> you mentioned Pete Carroll, and uh, you know, I, I remember a story about Steve Kerr going to visit the Seahawks practice before he took the Golden State job, and Pete Carroll told him before you <clears throat> uh, talk about your offensive philosophy or your defensive philosophy, you have to have these core principles that are unwavering and unbendable that that uh, basically take you in every aspect of your life. So you're in that defensive backs room in uh, Normal, Illinois. And you got your all those guys in a room. What are Bayer Rasul's fundamental core principles? Yeah, man, that's a great question. We just had our first meeting yesterday with them, and uh, had our first practice yesterday. So, just implemented that. Um, my first thing is um, your success is personal to me. So that's the first thing that I always tell them, and it's just what I believe in. That it's not that I want them to be successful; it's that their success is personal to me. I take it personal. Um, just like Coach Fish says, right, it's personal. I mean, it's just their success is so important and personal, and, and it's, it, it, it kind of makes up who I am, you know. I, I want to serve them and bring the best out of them. Um, I think the second thing is to compete and have joy in everything that we do, which is also definitely from the Pete Carroll tree. Um, it's a daily competition to be the best version of yourself. Uh, we're going to compete in school. Right, we're going to compete in the community in a way of service. Right, we're going to compete on the field. But I remember looking up the word 
competition, like the Latin root word, it's like to strive together. So compete doesn't always just mean me versus you. It's very much so us working together to build something special, I believe. Um, and then after that, I think I just want to be, and I want them to be very detailed and very consistent. So if we can have competition and joy, we can be detailed and consistent, um, we're going to have a lot of success, and their success is very personal uh, to me. Bea, before we let you go, uh, you know, with spring football around the corner, obviously uh, you're out there at Illinois State getting ready for the upcoming season. But you know, from your time or the last couple seasons at Arizona, now leading into this year, who are some uh, cornerbacks that we should be looking out for in regards to the Arizona Wildcats? Oh, man. The, the whole group back there is, I mean, first of all, they're just in great hands. You know, first off with Coach Nansen going into year two, being able to really implement his system um, and create his defensive culture, which is an incredible culture. It's yeah. an incredible competitive and fun culture uh, where guys can can be themselves, play at a high level, play fast. Um, but you got Dwayne Aquina, you got Chuck Cecil, you have right, you have John Richardson, who's an amazing person and coach. Yeah. And then you got my guy Brett R. C., who's also an amazing coach as a quality control, but but soon to be position coach um, in his future. Um, the whole back half is talented. They're smart. You know, you got you know Ephesians Price Sox. You got Traden Stoops. You got Takario Davis, Isaiah Taylor, DJ Warnell, Dalton Johnson, Gunnar Maldonado. Uh, we call them G7. You know, you have a a big crew back there. It'd be almost too many to name. Yeah. And I think the best thing about it is they're guys that believe in the program, right? They're 100% bought in. They're invested. They're smart kids. They're high character people. Um, I can't lie, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch every game. Mm. I'm I am now the biggest Arizona Wildcats football fan. <laughs> All right, so we started this interview talking about food, and we're going to end it talking about food. What is the one restaurant yeah. or food that you're going to miss from Tucson? Ooh, wee. Man, that's tough. God, Justin. You know, um, <laughs> I worked at El Charo. I, I worked at El Charo, man, when I was coaching freshman football at Rincon High School. Um, so you got to start with El Charo, man. Okay. I, I love El Charo. I love the Flores family. Um, you can't really – beat a steak from Fleming's. Um, if right. you're rolling with Chuck Cecil, Ricky Hundley, and you can get a seat at uh, Vivace, you know, nothing wrong with Vivace. But I would say, to be honest with you, at the end, oh, got to give a shout-out to Union, you know, my boy Grant. Yeah. Um, but I would say, at the end of the day, I'm a Sonoran hot dog guy, right? Yeah. On parking 36, pull off in the little, you know, the little park. The lights may or may not be working that day. Those are the best. That's the best eating two times. Absolutely. Bacon wrapped, salsa, beans, the whole nine, man. Uh, Bea Razul. Yes, sir. Mayonnaise, tomato. Absolutely. <laughs> Bea Razul, former Arizona Wildcats analyst, now the newest cornerbacks coach at Illinois State, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Bea, thank you so much for your time. Uh, have fun out there in normal Illinois, and uh, looking forward to talking to you very soon, my friend. Man, thank you guys. Bear down and appreciate the time. Good luck, Coach. Rooting for you. Congratulations. Awesome, man. Love Bayo. <clears throat> All right, don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. The question of where is Justin Spears 
just got saucy. Just got a little bit more interesting. <laughs> Justin sent us uh, a little video. Justin has no shirt on, which He's, is pretty standard. There's a red light over his head and a towel around his neck. And got what, a chain on. And he's got a chain on. <laughs> and he's supposedly listening to the show. So I have one thing to say to that. Justin! There you go. <laughs> you don't have to put on the red light. Oh. Those days are over. You don't have to sell your body to the night. Spears and Ali coming at you here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM and the Spears and Ali podcast. Also on 94.9 HD Channel 4. If you have an HD radio, hit us up over there, 94.9 Channel 4. So, Ali, let's talk some football. And also the ESPN Tucson app. Did you say that? I did not. But I appreciate you. Because, you know, our our buddy Mark was having a hard time with reception, right, because he was working out by the biosphere. And I'm like, man, kicking myself. Should have told Mark to download that app. Yeah. Because he could hear it right off his phone much easier. Could stream us whenever, whenever, wherever. I know. Thank goodness there's no camera in here. Wait. Maybe. Okay, Maybe. I was gonna say, what what is that blinking red thing that's up there? Yeah, I mean, just uh, just understand every day in the studio, Spears has got a shirt or a sweatshirt with his out with an owl on it. Yeah, right. Sometimes a robe, and, and a I'll, robe, a robe. Yeah, on days that you're not here, I wear a robe. <laughs> yeah, or it's it's more like a, a kimono. You're gonna do that in Vegas, huh? You're gonna show up in the studio with a robe. Yeah. Four Seasons robe. With a Venetian <laughs> robe. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Darn tootin', that's what's going to happen. But with your, with your, like, gold metal chain. Looking like the ultimate Tony Soprano. No shirt. Yeah. No shirt. Well, remember the Russian oligarch under the red light when, yeah. he, when he FaceTimed us? From a sauna in yeah. San Diego? Who does that? You could have. We could have waited. You, <laughs> you didn't have to call us right then. I'm just saying we're patient men. All right. <laughs> All right, Ali, let's talk some football. Uh, So Lamar Jackson received a non-exclusive franchise tag by the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Uh, That allows him to talk with other teams. So what teams do you think are lining up at the door for Lamar Jackson, and why is it the Atlanta Falcons and possibly the Miami Dolphins? Well, I don't see Miami unless the doctors come back and say that the the concussions that Tua had are going are far more significant and going to have a greater impact on on him being able to play than any of us know. Atlanta makes sense uh, because, I mean, shoot, number seven did pretty good there, running quarterback Mike Vick. Uh, he would electrify Atlanta. Yeah. And again, and they any, have a- any team that 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 signs him to a contract that the Ravens don't match, and they have a right to match it. The, the the price is two first round picks, which is not a lot for a 26 year old quarterback. That's what 46 and 16, 45 and 16 Over, as a starter. As a starter, the thing that I worry about with uh, well, let's keep going to teams. Washington Seawards, definitely a team uh, that could be a destination. Has haven't had a, a quarterback since you know Mark Rippon. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Carolina Panthers. I mean, are they really going to win with Sam Darnold? No. Uh, it looks like the New York Jets are talking to Aaron Rodgers, so Lamar Jackson, not a, not a choice there. But man, there's there's a whole host of teams that need a quarterback. Anybody that needs a quarterback, this is what it's going to take. And I can see Dan Snyder doing this on his way out the door and basically giving the, the big middle finger to the other owners in the NFL. I can see him raising the bar for signing a quarterback and then selling the team and uh, giggling all the way to the bank because uh, uh, Deshaun Watson got about $260 million fully guaranteed from the Cleveland Browns. Unheard of contract 
for any player in the NFL. I can see Daniel Snyder being like, I'll give two first-round picks, and I'm going to make it $280 million or $300 million, fully guaranteed, and Baltimore will never match that. And uh, then mm. they'll sell the team, and you know, you'll have uh, Eric Bieniemy coaching up Lamar Jackson, which will be good on a football field. Won't be good from a salary cap standpoint and uh, won't be good for other NFL owners because now those like Mike Brown with Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to say uh, Joe Burrow is going to want something similar. When you look at Lamar Jackson's stats, what do, what do you make of six touchdowns to two interception ratio? That's his average over his five-year career in the NFL. What do I say to that? Yeah, six touchdowns to two interception ratio. Average it's over a, the last it's five okay, seasons. It's okay. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, pretty good. Won 45 games, only yeah. lost 16 games. A lot of teams would take that. And I just I think that, honestly, this is probably the last time you'll see Lamar Jackson playing for the Baltimore Ravens. Or, I mean, if they do come back. or You if, think somebody's going to come in and try to sign him to a big contract? I really think so. Yeah. I think a team like the Atlanta Falcons, because who would you rather have, Desmond Ritter or Lamar Jackson? I, I mean, mean Desmond Ritter's a pretty good quarterback. I mean, come on. That's, no. But Lamar Jackson's MVP. Yeah. He's at a whole other level. You're taking Lamar Jackson over Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Uh, I know Desmond Ritter's good. I'm not trying to, dim- to diminish him, but we're talking about uh, a guy who's probably a second-tier quarterback in the NFL. That's pr- that's better than anything the Atlanta Falcons have had over the last several years. Here's the Going back to Matt Ryan's Super Bowl run. Here's the problem with Lamar Jackson, Justin, is that if you sign him to that contract that he wants, you're really tying up your salary cap. And I know he's 26, but he's had a, a, a bunch of injuries the last couple of years. And his number one weapon is running the ball, right? And I don't think that that's sustainable at the quarterback position over the long haul. You're not going to have a, a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. I can go on and on. Phillip Rivers. You're not going to have the, that longevity of a career playing the way Lamar Jackson does. So you're tying up your salary cap, which means you can't bring in a lot of other good players at other positions of need. And then he's got he plays with a style that has a propensity to get injured, and so you're going to be playing with a backup quarterback. So yeah. you're really rolling the dice uh, with Lamar Jackson. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if a team is going to come in with the kind of offer that's going to make Lamar Jackson want to sign with them. Mm-hmm. I really don't. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back on the franchise tag with the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's $35 million this year. And then they, uh, they try to do it again. But we'll see. Now he's on the open market. Yeah. So he'll, he'll find out. Aaron Rodgers meeting with the New York Jets in California. Yeah. They flew out to Cali, going to talk to Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's all happening. He's officially becoming Brett Favre. I told you. It's, it's he's, parallel. He's going to be a Jet. And then he's going to be a Viking. <laughs> of course, of course. And lose in the NFC Championship game. It's going to be great. Jets, Can't wait for Jets it. got a lot of good components to that team. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, might do, he could do pretty well there. Uh, but, you know, you know, there's certain things that are legal in California. I wonder if there's like, hey, let's meet in California and, and do it in a relaxing way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, meet my friends, Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Uh, going Maybe, up to man. going up to Humboldt County is that where the, the meeting was at? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I, I, all I know have is it by the that, fields uh, up there. I think the Aaron Rodgers is done with the Green Bay Packers, and I think the Green Bay Packers are done with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Oh, they're excited. They're like, according to some reports, that the talk at the NFL Draft Combine has been the Green Bay Packers are willing to allow Aaron Rodgers to come back if he wants to. 
But if he says, I want out, find a way to trade me, Green Bay's like, okay, fine, done. We're, we're, we're done with this. Because they've been dealing with this issue now for the last, what, three years now. Is Aaron coming back? It's the, the com- constant question. And that's why I'm saying, like, his career is parallel to Brett Favre. I mean, we were always wondering, is Brett Favre going to come back? Oh, he's coming out of retirement. Oh, great. No, big surprise there. And now he's a New York Jet. It's... He's he's officially becoming Brett Favre. It's unreal. As as long as uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't commit fraud against the state of Mississippi to uh, to fill his own pockets, allegedly. I don't want Brett Favre suing me too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think, and I don't think it's going to take a lot for the Jets to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I think a first round pick or maybe a couple of twos. I think Green Bay is done. They want to see what they have in Jordan Love this year, and uh, and and move on. I was really surprised Aaron Jones resigned with them, but. Uh, he signed a pretty friendly deal, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Green Bay actually drafts somebody, an offensive player, in the first two rounds for the first time in ten years. Be a quarterback. Watch. It'll be a quarterback. You're right. <laughs> All right. If you want to call into the show, seven one nine fourteen ninety is our phone number. Seven one nine one four nine zero. What do you make of this whole Lamar Jackson situation with the Baltimore Ravens? We're taking your phone calls coming up next, right here on ESPN Tucson. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. All right, so we were just talking uh, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Daniel Jones. I know, man. How about him? Uh, Daniel Jones, the New York Giants quarterback, signed a four-year contract extension. Uh, Meanwhile, they gave Saquon Barkley the non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh, so one of six players in the NFL to receive the franchise tag. But Daniel Jones's deal worth $160 million with $82 million guaranteed at signing. Over four years, right? Yes. This deal uh, includes up to $35 million in incentives. And then uh, Saquon Barkley will make uh, $10 million in this upcoming season under the non-exclusive franchise tender. But, yeah, what do you make of Daniel Jones's contract? And meanwhile, you have other quarterbacks like – what the hell, man? I can't even get a deal. Who's who's, but those, who's the other Lamar Jackson? Well, Lamar Jackson, they're he's, not. Lamar Jackson's not taking 160. He's not dollars. asking for that kind of money. No. He's yeah. asking for Deshaun Watson money. That's right. So you know, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Brian Dayball, their new coach, utilized him in a way that he hadn't been utilized before. That played to his strengths, and uh, it manifested itself in a, in a in a nice contract for Daniel Jones. When if we were sitting here this time last year, no which way we were. We would, we would never have predicted that Daniel Jones would re-sign with the New York Giants. No, I called him a glorified Office Max employee. Is that right? Yeah. Man. He's a, I was so disrespectful with Daniel Jones this past year. And Office Max employees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he passed for uh, 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. And, you know, Daniel Jones actually was pretty impressive running the football. That's He's sneaky. One of his strengths, man. Like, very athletic quarterback. Uh, ran for 708 yards and seven touchdowns last year. Uh, so, I mean, I like his athletic ability. Uh, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but Daniel Jones actually kind of shut me up last year. I mean, I called him, like I said, an Office Max employee. He actually looked pretty solid. But is it Daniel Jones or is it Brian Dable's system? Oh, because come on, man. I'm not trying to discredit him, but you know Brian Dable's a pretty good coach, and he is a good coach. you know he comes in and right away they make the playoffs. So no system made a quarterback or any player. Uh, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback. Of we're all gonna time. get a lot of calls with that. Yeah, system quarterback. <laughs> I'm uh, lying. 
I think Daniel Jones uh, was utilized in a manner that highlighted his skills. Yeah. And so that makes Brian Dable a good coach. Uh, Jimmy's in the Joes, buddy, not the X's and the O's. Okay. Daniel Jones has got a lot of talent. Uh, Let's see if he continues to rise because that contract is – Actually, pretty manageable for the mm-hmm. for a, for a frontline quarterback, and the Giants can sign other guys now. And um, let's see let's see if he continues to evolve and mature in the Dayball system. Does the New York Giants do they have a template for what they want from a quarterback or what they want the quarterback to look like? Just he does look like Eli Manning's little brother, right? And then you know Phil <laughs> Sims could be their father. <laughs> they have a type. The New York Giants have a type at quarterback. Yeah, except uh, for uh, Boomer. Well, did Boomer Sison? He played for the Jets. He played for the Jets, the yeah. wrong New York team. He played for the Jets. They had uh, Kurt Warner played there the year they drafted Eli Manning. Collins. Uh, Pizarchek. Not Kerry Piz- Collins. Kerry Collins played there. Yeah. Now Daniel Jones. Now Daniel Jones. All right, so coming up in this second hour of Wednesday's Spears and Ali, let's talk some Arizona basketball, shall we? Arizona getting ready for the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. Ali and I, we will be out there doing the show live Thursday and Friday. Let's talk Azulis Tubelis, Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament. That matchup against Stanford and Utah, plus Pima women's basketball coach Todd Holtas is calling into the show. Stay locked in right here. Spears and Ali, hour number two, coming up next. Office Max employees are going to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> 